everyone and welcome to part two of our best books of 2822 podcast where we're talking all things Scottish books and I'm joined by Vicky Riley. Hello Vicky. Nope. <laughs> um, part one is out there and waiting for you where we talked almost all about fiction. We kind of, it would have been huge if we'd fitted everything in so we decided we would split them into two. So before we got on to poetry and non-fiction, there are still, believe it or not, there's still a couple of things to talk about regarding the fiction. It was such a great year and lots of great short stories. Maybe not as much as previously, but my favourite one was the fabulous Dillis Rose and her sea fret short stories. Dillis is just an absolute um, icon of Scottish writing. She's fantastic. At the same time, underappreciated, I think. I would agree. I would agree, yeah. Um, yeah. Often... You know, they say, uh, uh, oh, he's an a, a actor's actor. <laughs> She's kind of a, a writer's writer, you know, because the people who really know her absolutely adore her and often say, I know a lot of people who teach Scottish literature at uh, Glasgow University in particular, and Strathclyde, who really, really rate Dillis Rose as, as a writer. And she was another guest on the podcast and a wonderful guest she was. So you can... Was, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah. Not really, that I don't uh, enjoy any, like I enjoy all of them. <laughs> I just assume that, you know, that's... Of course. <laughs> so, now, however, we didn't manage to talk about crime. I'm moving a rather large pile of books towards me. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah uh, I think this will, this will probably be more heavy on you because I didn't have as big a crime year this year. Main, I think mainly because I I tend to listen to crime fiction yeah, yeah, rather than read yeah, it, yeah. and for some reason, just I I I I didn't listen to as many audiobooks this year as I normally do, um, or or when I did, it was mostly non-fiction, and that seems to to go in. Like I started a lot, and then I I just kept finding that I wasn't that it wasn't working. But with non-fiction, I I listened to the to li listen to them, and it was fine. So it's been less of a there's there's lots of crime fiction books in in my account, but um I've just, uh, I've not got around to them. <laughs> well, I thought a, a good way of actually moving into them is to talk about a book which isn't really crime, but it's he brings them out every Christmas and they're fantastic. And it's right. Myrick's uh, tale from Kimlock, the latest one, which is just out, or at least it's out. Uh, Ghosts in the gloaming. I love these books. They're um, Compton Mackenzie-esque, you know, they're uh, the Maggie, or, I mean, so close to that kind of thing. They're just a real feel-good read. I really enjoy them. That's because you you spend like you spend time on the the, the books, yeah. Possibly, I'm, I was a big fan of uh, the kind of film versions of Whiskey Galore and the Maggie and all that kind of stuff, which these that kind of uh, you know tips into. Um, yeah, I, I really love them, and there's kind of there's supernatural aspects, and there's you know, a small town skullduggery and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoy them. But he had quite a year, Denzel, because yeah. he had um, an anniversary. I ten years. Books. He, he's such a machine. <laughs> so this was uh, the death Is of that, the Bengals. That's the DCI Daily one. Yep, 10 years of DCI Daily. Uh, I can't believe that. It's, oh, that's mad. And, uh, <laughs> do you reckon about one a year he did, do you reckon? 
I think so, yeah. But he also, did, he also did a terrific standalone called Terms of Restitution, which is all about gangster families in Glasgow. Um, as you probably was want, that this year? Oh, now <laughs> you're probably. Do you know what? I knew this would happen. <laughs> oh no, I, you know. It's last year. Yeah, well, maybe the paper the paperback probably came probably. out this year. Uh, this is the paperback. I know yeah. you're trying to save me. I'm not going to check. <laughs> no, 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 the, that one was definitely 2022, as was Ghosts in the Gloaming. But this is a great book. It just came out uh, the year before. But, you know, as you say, he's an absolute writing machine. And is he good? Because like, cause I've, I've not read Terms of Restitution, but I've read some of the Kinloch ones. It, like the the difference between like the urban setting and the and the the yeah. rural setting, it could be two different writers apart from the sense of humour and the kind of <laughs> wickedness that he's got. I think um, <laughs> that kind of sets him out, uh, and I mean that in the best possible way. Do you have any crime that you want to mention, or will I just fire you? Through you bash on. You bash the on. Latest Alan Parks. May God forgive. Right. And uh -huh. these are annual. We're on to May now. We've had January, February, March, April, so it's, getting, <laughs> it's moving along. Uh, I know. And he won the McIlvanny as well. He did win the McIlvanny. Yeah. Talking of McIlvanny. That's, that's, it's as if we rehearsed that. <laughs> talking of McIlvanny, Liam McIlvanny is the heretic. Uh, right, that's follow-up to the Quaker, Quaker isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, yeah, it's another fast-paced... Glasgow set. He really, what I really like about it is he moves around the city. He doesn't just say city centre. So he goes south side. He goes east end. It's it's a real lovely guy. A bit like his dad. Oh, you'll hate me saying that. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But like <laughs> you know, he will. He writes about the city and the people in it in crime fiction. It is the way that maybe you've read it before. But um, there's certain writers and certain genres that you expect certain things. You know, and I think. Crime can be like that, you know, it's a comfort. It's a bit like reading Stephen, Stephen King or Ian Banks or, you know, Ed McBain. No, I've got Liam McIlvanny on my phone. <laughs> so I will, I will get to it. <laughs> Someone else who cranks them out, the latest Skelf book by Doug Johnson called Black Heart. I've only finished that recently. And for those that don't know, the Skelfs are a family of undertakers and detectives. Uh, yeah, a combo. It's, it's an amazing combo, and uh, you worry they might get into Birkin Hair territory, you know, give themselves to. <laughs> well, at the beginning of this, there's a fantastic fight at a funeral, which kind of kicks things off. <laughs> and uh, a, a bit like Ever Dundas, you get the feeling that Doug really relishes writing this stuff, you know. Well, he's doing a science fiction book next year. Yeah, I can't remember the title. It's just totally gone from my head, but I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Another series, another book from Claire McCleary, Death Drop in the Harkis and a Laird series to Aberdeen set Detectives. A, it's just unlike, and who are unlike any other detectives, really. You know, they're great. Um, Claire also writes about all their domestic issues and problems with their kids and all that stuff. In the meantime, they're trying to solve a variety of uh, murders. You know, there's a new Aberdeen set TV show that's just started. Yes. Uh, well, oh, I've forgotten the name. I think it might be Granite City. Oh, yeah, might... that's it. Uh-huh. Now, I've watched two of them. Uh -huh. 
I, I really wanted to like it. I, you know, it's I, I watched the third one before I make my judgment. But is it the BBC? Is it the BBC? It's BBC Scotland, I think. But BBC I, Scotland. This adapt is, these instead. Yeah, adapt <laughs> these instead. Absolutely. These are the. This is your Aberdeen detective series. It's yeah. absolutely crying out to be Get in touch uh, with Saraband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'll sort. They'll sort you out. They'll be delighted. And uh, I think the final one of Helen Sedgwick's, um, oh, excuse me, a series of crime novels, um, and I forget the name of the town that they're set in. But it's, what doesn't break us uh, is set in the north of England. I think. Yeah, like sort of Cumbria. Yeah, this really is kind of um, the secrets and lies of a small town and how they all come spilling out. And there's a bit, it's become a bit wicker manny, you know. There's Yeah, well, you kind of got, I've only read the first one. So you kind of got that uh, feeling from the first one that you were like, this town isn't quite right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And there's cracks uh, at the edge of it. And um, yeah, Burrowhead, that's the word I was looking for. The Burrowhead mysteries. Um, Helen's another terrific writer and uh, who has written science fiction herself in the past. But these novels have been as gripping as, as, as any you would read. Um, if you're looking for a new crime thriller series, you could go and get, uh, the first one was When the Dead Come Calling. Um, you could get these and they would, they would sort you out, no bother at all. Yeah, one other other than Liam McIlvany on my phone, I've all, uh, this year I also downloaded, so I do have like, like uh, 16 Horses, by uh, Greg Buchanan, right. um, uh, which opens with the discovery of severed, like sixteen severed horses' heads in a in a oh. guy's farm, and uh, it's, it's it's set in like a small town in England. I think it's a small coastal town. Right. Um, so I want I I do because that that got quite a lot of fuss sort of la last year and this year because the paperback came out this year. So I've downloaded that one. And the other one that I've downloaded that I've not got round to yet is Welcome to Cooper by Tarek Ash Ashkenani. And um, that won the debut um, Bloody Scotland Prize. And again, it's it's a set in America. So it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm in, like having read David Ross's one, yeah. it's, it'll be it'll be interesting to, to read another Scott um, portraying uh, America, uh, an American set um, novel. So, you know, Christmas holidays are coming up. <laughs> Plenty of time on your hands. Yeah, I think I think uh, George Patterson has started a theme. You know, he's American. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> now, the, the final person uh, I want to name the book um, is the fantastic Douglas Skelton and Oh right, uh -huh. Honorable Thief, um, which is set in kind of seventeen fifteen. It's it's buckles your swashes. It's absolutely you know that kind of thing. <laughs> Seventeen fifteen, so yeah. so before before the, the the first Jacobite rebellion, but before the last one. Uh -huh. A nation divided, a city in chaos. So you know that you get the idea of that. There's all, and it's it starts off in London, and there's a. Have you watched the TV show Harlots? Are you aware of that show? It's on Netflix or something like that. Um, it's a really good TV. It's a good show, but it's got a great cast in it as well. Samantha Malton plays the kind of matriarch figure in it. This this is a kind of mix between Walter Scott and Harlots, if you like. There's a, you know it's body, it's uh, outrageous, um, it's thrilling. There's kind of Robert Louis Stevenson aspects to it as well, 
yeah, you just fire through it. Um, I wanted to talk about, give praise to Douglas himself, because he's such a varied writer. If you think what he started out doing, which were kind of straight crime fiction, and then he had the Dead Cat Boogie kind of almost tongue-in-cheek um, spoof of crime fiction, almost, you know, with your Sam Spade central character. And then he writes a one-off book, which is... Janus Run, yeah. Oh, which, you know, was crying out to be adapted as a film, I think. I mean, just a brilliant book. I still think about that book. Sometimes I'll, I'll think about, like, uh, could what that... Because that was sort of quite technolo- technology-based as well, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it? In fact, these days it would be crying out for uh, Netflix yeah. uh, adaptation. That would be uh, would be it. And uh, and then, of course, the Rebecca Connolly series set up in Inverness, female journalist protagonist, uh, another terrific section of books. And, you know, hats off to you, Douglas, because you do an incredible, you're an incredible writer. I love everything he does. But Canelo are an, an interesting publisher as well, because they started up as a digital first company. Right. I don't know if there's these, the, um, they, they still mainly are digital first, but... Um, that's a nice looking hardback. <laughs> a lovely book, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, again, this is another book that I've downloaded onto my phone, which is um, The Bookseller of Inverness, which is, uh, I think it's a standalone historical mystery by S.G. McLean, who does oh, yes. <clears throat> does that uh, that other historical crime series, Seton. Seton. Oh, God, it's just falling out of my head. But, um, it's a mess. <laughs> that's me <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's similar that's a similar sort of scenario because that's sort of Jacobite rebellion type thing and going on in the background too and it's, it's also got the whole there's a kind of secret society of you know thieves and ne'er-do-wells that are you know around and it's all very you know there's lots of kind of they would be a good pairing. They would be a good pairing at a festival or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they would do festival <laughs> organisers. Hello. <laughs> Take a deep breath. That is the fiction over <laughs> and done with. Um, so I think next we said we would talk about poetry. Okay. Is that right? Are you happy with yeah. that? Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, I didn't read tons, but probably more than previous years. You know, I'm not a massive poetry reader, but I did... Uh, read a few. There was the latest from uh, Kevin P. Gilday, yeah. his uh, anxiety music, and Kevin's doing some great stuff now. You know, he said he had another show at Edinburgh. Yeah, um, I saw him launch. Which I missed, which I'm really annoyed about. He only did a short run, right? I think like for maybe a ten day run or something like that. Which I think a lot of people are deciding that's the way to go. Um, <laughs> it's probably healthier, probably better for your body to do a short run. <laughs> your bank account as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw him launch this a great night at the old hairdressers in Glasgow. Um, very I mean, Kevin does it all. He goes from being really moving to really uh funny. Um really makes you think about certain things, particularly social uh issues and cultural issues in Scotland. Um yeah, I love Kevin, I love I loved anxiety music as well. I didn't send PDFs of these manuscripts more than half the books. So, but um, yeah, anxiety music was was one of one of the books that that um that I picked up as well. Um, well, I run not, through my choice, and then you can run through yours. They another. might be the same. <laughs> so, um, four or four ink had another cracking yeah. year. 
Andreas N. Alderica, uh, what a lovely man and what a beautiful, beautiful collection of poems. Again, to repeat myself so often, but we had them on the podcast. And uh, I mean, these, this, they're just bursting with colour and vibrancy and uh, emotion. Uh, yeah, the stuff that will make you angry, but there's stuff that will melt your heart. I mean, you're just uh, a beautiful collection. Would you agree? Absolutely agree. Um, and, and a bit sexy as well. Oh, <laughs> You're right. It's 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 a thing you don't expect. I mean, obviously uh, he's now living in Scotland, but the heat that comes off the page almost, you know, he captures this, and you don't. I mean, Scottish poets are all, you know, oh, no, they're not. But you know, historic fags in the cold. Yeah, I um, finding different ways to describe, you know, the har coming in from the. And this, you're right, it's sexy, sexy, it's sexy, <laughs> it's sensual, it's warm, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, if you're feeling a bit kind of down in the dumps on a winter's day, grab a copy of this and read it, because it'll I, change the mood. That is a good suggestion, especially, you know, our, vit our vitamin D's down it's, at the moment. It's, it's <laughs> written vitamin D, that's <laughs> what, uh, at least this I know is. Um... <laughs> So we'll talk about we're well, going to talk about publishing and publishers later. Wait, but... No, I've got more poetry. Oh no, I've got more poetry as well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> about about some, but, but some of it came out on some of the 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 oh, right. we'll talk about, and that includes Taproot and maybe oh, yes. relativism, which is a really hard hitting in a lot of places. You know, really, um, it it, it makes you stop short and 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 think and rethink about certain things that you know. You think, well, how do I actually feel about this? If this is how Mary Four Neil is expressing it, um, really powerful collection of poetry, I would say. And see, I I work with Patrick. <laughs> yes. I work with Heather from Four Four as well, so I feel I feel like you're like I'm a bit biased. <laughs> okay, well, be prepared to be biased again, <clears throat> because what a, what a great oh that yeah. yeah, Brian Holton's Hard Roads and Cold Hearst Winds, and it's. Translation, which we talked about earlier, of two um, famous and, you know, long dead Chinese poets, um, Du Fu and Li Bei, into Scots. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it's a literally a beautiful book because there's lots yeah. of illustrations and lithographs and things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. Absolutely love it. And uh, you know, that was that that's one of my one of my favorite of your podcasts was oh. was that one um where with, with Brian because oh I thought well he was lovely and yeah. I, I and his readings were brilliant and and he just I, I loved the way he spoke about his work. I thought I, I I just thought it was such a really good chat between you and him. Yeah, he was very easy to talk to, definitely. Um, and I love because you know because um because his because he translated the Chinese into Scots rather than English yeah. and quite a few folk have done that is, is or or at least um brought um translated into Scots rather than into into English and I, and and I, I like that I think that's a a, a great idea. Um, Carla Woodburn's a. Carlo, which is of Leamington Books, um, again, had a really good year, Leamington Books. And this is, you know, we talked about sensual. This is sensual. It's funny. It's, um, it reminded me a bit 
of uh, oh, Sonic Youth, Cat Hepburn's writing her poetry as well. Um, and I didn't realise Carla's got a show, if she still has it, on Sunny Govan Radio. So I must tune into that because uh, oh. the, the, book's, the book's really good. Really good book. Yeah. Oh, this has just reminded me of something that we meant to do. Oh, oh what we're going to do. So it's Marcus Max Polaris. That's going to be one of my choices as well. Yeah, it's an amazing book. Uh, poem, poems and songs of the Atlantic archipelago. And it's not just Gaelic and English poetry with translations, but you've also got Scots, Irish, Manx, Welsh, Cornish, Jerry's and Polari, which uh, <laughs> Marcus was on the, the podcast and told me all about this. And the reason I kind of groaned there was I met him at the Edinburgh Book Festival and I said, oh, last year you said we didn't cover enough oh, Gaelic. <laughs> what I was thinking. Then I, and then I said, we'll get you on to talk about me and Gaelic poetry. So there may be an addition to this one uh, if he <laughs> agrees to do a, a wee plot about it. And if if we don't, I hugely apologise, Marcus, but this is a terrific book. Yeah. Uh, again, by Leamington Books, as I say, had a, a, another good year. Um, like, that's the thing with a lot of the poetry collections this year is that a lot of them had maybe like a theme or something to do with them as well. And like he kind of tells the history of Scotland through yeah. these poetry, these poems, which seems like when you think about it, what a simple, what a simple and brilliant idea, and 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 he does it in such an imaginative way, but because he uses so many different kinds of language, and yeah, I I really really, because a lot of the time I read these to to pick out extracts for, and I find it really hard to just pick like three because I don't want to pick too many because you want you know you want to let want folk to like go and and buy the books but I always find it really difficult and I found it really really difficult with with Polaris is to just pick three three poems I was like there's there's so many that I want to highlight here <laughs> and Marcus is a real renaissance man because he released a Gaelic pop album as well I know I listened to it on Spotify and it was really yeah I really loved that as well yeah, he's got such a lovely singing voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I feel bad that we didn't organise to give him on this, but we may do. Let's see. If we can... <laughs> and I'll drop him a line. <laughs> we can add another hour to the. You know, I could talk a wee bit about uh, um, uh, Gaelic books because we we did an event this year at the Mod, right. um, celebrating. Oh, see, I see. I'm I'm not going to be able to pronounce the names right, but um, celebrating. Um, uh, the song songs from from um, like a particular Gaelic songbook and um, a particular Gaelic poet as well. A beautiful books um, published by Acker, which is like who one of the main um, Gaelic publishers in in Scotland. And it was so, I I had and I don't speak Gaelic, so I didn't really know what was going on in the event because it was all in Gaelic, obviously. And um, but I could still feel like. The, the energy from the from the audience and like like the folk on the stage would say like the way the the, the sort of push and pull of the energy bet between the the folk on the stage and the so it was still like such a lovely brilliant event as well I really really enjoyed it. Um, now a little pa smaller kind of pamphlet by David Ross Linklater called Star Mark Burach, excuse me, which came out this year, and I wanted to mention it not just because. David Linklater is a great poet, but also because it's come out with 
uh, Wish Fulfillment Press. Have you heard of those? No, small. No, well, I, I think it's run by, well, I kind of know it's run by Philip John Taylor, who I know from the band Pause and his own solo music. He's a fantastic musician. Uh, a, a, Pause were a great kind of rock band. I think they're split now and he's doing his solo stuff. But uh, yeah, so it's really interesting that he's kind of moving into a, doing a small press and doing publishing. That's a well. really lovely looking pamphlet as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, and it's, it's good quality. <laughs> now, but I have to talk finally about uh, Jenny Fagan's The Bone Library because, ah, oh, wow, this absolutely knocked my socks off. Um, so it was written when she was writer in residence at Summerhall, which we mentioned before. And a, the Bone Library was one of the rooms or one of the bits there. And a, she was writing poetry onto the bones. And it sounds like an amazing thing. Uh, there's an interview with her in the not the current snack magazine, but the one before that, where um, she talks all about it. A, so there's there's both there's poems here which look at Mary Dick in the family who kind of set up a lot of the um, the Bone Library and that kind of thing. There's one for Tom Leonard, which is a beautiful poem, and a yeah, it's 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 a stunning collection as you would expect. I mean, I think people know. Jenny Moore for her fiction, um, especially with Locking Books being so big, then they do her poetry, but do seek out her poetry because it's always astonishing. And you can actually, when you go to Summer Hall, there's a big cabinet like for everybody to see of of the bones that I mean, it probably isn't all of them, but there's there's a big selection of the of the bones that that she was looking at and writing on as well. It's really, it's really lovely. And quickly, before we go, we mentioned them last year. We're going to mention them again because they do fantastic work. It's specul speculative books. And a, just a few that I read this year, which I love. Again, another musician, who well, I know better as a musician, but she's a fantastic poet as well, Josephine Sillers and a, Desperate Characters. A, someone else who makes music as well as writing poetry. I, this is gorgeous. Ross Wilcock, Once Upon a Time in Glasgow. Um, quote on the back from Kevin P. Gilday and Henry Bell, who I'm going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Non-fiction as well, who's part of the Gutter team, you know, as well. Yeah, that came out right at the start of the year, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh -huh. right at the beginning, the last lock. And, and po yeah. Henry's, Henry's poetry is always worth um, uh, checking out. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I, fe I featured that way back in the beginning of the year. It was, it was poems about Glasgow. Oh, oh. Well, there are poems about Glasgow in a different book, which I'll maybe... Uh, oh, right, maybe I'm getting mixed up, yeah. So will we do non-fiction and see... Well, I just want a couple well, of yes, poetry. Oh, yes, yes. Um, is Blood Salt Spring by Hannah Lavey. Oh, that's a great one. I'd forgotten about that. Did that come out <laughs> a while ago? Uh, April, March, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's a terrific read. I, I kind of think she should be the queen of the world. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> Hannah, that's a big... Uh, <laughs> Especially now, <laughs> but the, that, like I just she sees she sees everything so clearly, and and that's like really expressed in the poetry. And I yeah, just I, and when you see point. her perform as well, she is absolutely magnetic on stage. She's so so good. Um, and the other one that I wanted to mention was um, Imogen Sterling's "Love the oh. Sinner" as well. Yeah, we had her on the podcast. Oh, yeah. so that's great! That's a fantastic collection. I know, and the whole the whole year I've been trying to see the, her perform 
because she she's been performing it as well. But I think it's she's getting a theatrical performance of it. I think she's doing something with the Traverse and maybe the Citizens as well. Maybe not the Citizens. I can't even remember. Anyway, so I, I hope I managed to get it's something always happens and I've, so I've never managed it. But again, such a brilliant. It seems like an obvious thing to do to like to take the seven deadly sins and write poems around them, but I I just thought that was such a, a such a, a brilliant collection. Um, and you've that, also reminded me; it just came out recently. Leila Josephine's um, yes, new uh -huh. well. Now, can you remember no, what it's called before private. I Google? What was that? Can you remember what it's called? Because I in public and private, or in private and public. Yeah, yeah, and a. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Leila's just uh, she, we had her on the last podcast, but one uh, she read she reads from the book if you want to go and check it out, and uh, yeah, she's a great uh, poet and a great um, uh, artist in the widest sense. Absolutely, of the world. yeah. It was in because she was talking about doing daddy drag oh, man, in I your podcast, that. and I and, I, and that was you know I think that was the fringe before the pandemic, wasn't it? Was yeah, because yeah. I saw it at the Tron Theatre. She was going to take it. Through to Edinburgh again, I think, and then everything shut down. So yeah, it, it was such a highlight as well. But I, I think, think what she was goal. saying, <laughs> yeah, what she was saying, I could completely understand totally. <laughs> yeah. So shall we move? Are we happy to move on to non-fiction? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to reach down and grab some books here. So please, so you talk about your the first. I one know. I said it was the year of the memoir at the start yes, of uh, it. Yeah. Some time ago, <laughs> and uh, so so I've written lot like so. There was one body by Catherine Simpson, published by Saraband, which was about her relationship with her body, and there was Small Town Girl by Donna McLean, which was just that, this year? that was this year, yeah, last year, yeah, no, that was this year, which uh, which had my, my jaw was on the floor the whole I time would have mentioned, I would have mentioned that I for some reason in my head I thought that was last year yeah um so there was Wayward by Vashti Bunyan as well about her travel from London to to the Outer Hebrides to sort of just begin yeah, a new life it's a after... really interesting story it's one I knew yeah. a little bit yeah yeah like I consider that a Scottish book even though she's not Scottish but like it, it was Scottish um, there was The Instant by Amy Littrop. Right. Um, I haven't read that. It's really good. It's um, it's set in Berlin. Um, she goes to Berlin and it's, it's, it's about love. It's about finding love and feeling lonely and, 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 but it's, and that makes it sound sad and there's lots of sad bits as what in it, but I, I found it a really hopeful, lovely book and about being about like getting rid of your fear and, and going ahead and doing the things that you should that you should do to live fully. And I, I, I really, really enjoyed that. And then there was Carrie Kills a Man, which which has just come out. Out now, because um, I will have to get a copy of that to uh, read it. Which was a brilliant, brilliant um, memoir as well, just so so generous and honest and but it was an honest and even though you could you know that there's a lot of sadness and and um really like like hard things to have gone through it's told so lightly and with such generosity of spirit it was just such a brilliant brilliant 
thing to read. Um, got Boyfriends by Michael Peterson, which yeah, is one of my yeah, favourites as well, which cried a lot <laughs> when I was reading it. I mean, it's it's like my it's like I mean, if you ever because I've worked with Michael in the past, that I, I, I like I know him a wee bit, and it's it is just like him. Like reading it is just him on the page, like that mixture of cheek and sauciness and but real vulnerability and sensitivity as well. It's just, it was just oh, it was brilliant. It was, it was uh, I really really enjoyed reading that. Um, but I think my two favourite uh, memoirs of this year yes, are Homelands. Yep. Yeah, Chitrarama Swami's Homelands and Ali Miller's The Last Days. Um, so Ali Miller's The Last Days is about, as well as her life story, I suppose, it goes from childhood to pretty much sort of near the present day. And she grew up in the Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, I just I just think it was a, st a stunning, stunning piece of writing that I, I and she's bringing out a novel next year, and I cannot wait to read that because how she's how she's inhabited the character of yeah. herself in this is really novelistic because because and it and it and it so it makes it feel like it's more than a memoir. I I don't know if, I don't know if that makes any sense, but. The feeling that you have, like the way she portrays, like her confusion and puzzlement as a child to the world that she's in, and the and and the oh the the awful vulnerabilities of her teenage self, and and her like becoming an adult where she she finds herself a, in a, a marriage that's it's um it's a bit of a controlling not marriage quite abusive and um. And and it's so it it felt even though I have not lived a life like her at all, it felt so familiar and yet it, it was oh I just thought she she really does have that novelist's talent of pinpointing um, character and and beautiful sentences to portray moments in time and I just I think she's super super talented and I think she's going to. She's going to be quite a star. Um, That's fantastic. I must check that out. Oh, absolutely. Totally. <laughs> I would totally recommend it. And then when I was saying earlier on that Hell Sands might be my favourite book yeah. of the year, it's 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 a toss-up between this um, this one and as well. This is, because, well, this is one of my favourite books of the year yeah, as well. Absolutely think, gorgeous and life-affirming. Oh, uh, really, really. Cause, and you would think that because there's so much evidence of cruelty in this in these books, both in Henry's experience and in Chitra's experience, and yet at the same time it is full of love and hope, and it's just I I she writes like a dream, like every sentence is magnificent, and um, Henry Wuga, I'm so glad she's introduced us to Henry Wuga, yeah. yeah, who no, just seems like such a brilliant, brilliant man. And uh, yeah, it, it was this was another one that I found myself crying. <laughs> a oh, lot with right. Who just someone who was just kind of living in the south side of Glasgow again, not too far from here, and then you know here he is, this incredible story that comes out, and her incredible story as well, and the way that the two 
bring together and it's a proper friendship it's absolutely gorgeous and with henry's wife as well you know it's it's really heartwarming yeah and to me like i was just like i like how you know on the on the cover it, it has the word history and it's sort of italicized and to me this is history this this is how history should be written that about like you know you get your books about your kings and your queens and your presidents and your warriors and all those kinds of things but this is this is real living history and and uh, and it and it does it so I, like the it, I can't believe the sheer the amount of things that that Henry Ruger experienced in his life and yet he came out of the experience with no bitterness with no anger or or maybe he did but like he, he he's dealt with it in in like a a, a a brilliant way but this see and and I just think this is the kind of histories that should be written about the things that happen to in countries and yeah, it's about in individuals not, yeah. not about the, the kind of guys at the top of it the stories of the individuals definitely Absolutely. like it grinds my gears that like there will be folk that write about the pandemic and the history of the pandemic and they'll be writing about boris johnson and matt hancock and not about like the folk behind the tills and supermarkets and the doctors and the nurses that that actually were the ones that took care of business and it, it you know like just all those stories are so much more important um, who gives a shit about those two <laughs> i love it so much that it, you're so angry that you use the phrase that grinds my gears <laughs> which i've not heard in ages <laughs> but yeah um, more please chitra yeah well yeah fantastic absolutely um well, let me start then with a memoir, but a musical memoir. It's um, Stuart Braithwaite's over Glasgow. I'm a big Mogwai fan, and this really kind of ticked loads of boxes for me because we're roughly about the same age, roughly about the same kind of background. Um, kind of went to school in Straven uh, and lived kind of out that way. Went to, you know, was smuggled in by his sister. There's some very funny bits where they basically dress him as a girl to kind of get him into gigs. I, yeah. It, Why? It, Why well, did you have to be a girl to get well, him? Because he was, he was, they were more likely to get a young looking woman in than a young oh. boy. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's the, it's a while since I've read it, but I think that's the thing. But it's a particular, a bit like Bobby Gillespie's book that which came out last year. Um, it's the stuff in childhood that really, really kind of grabs you and and and, and you enjoy so much. Um, so, but I would say not just for fans of Mogwai, just fans for of memoir in general and music. And, and again, White Rabbit books. I mean, what a rabbit. Yeah, I know they they're honorary Scottish. Definitely get you know set up a shop up here or set well, up. Well, see, White Rabbit are part of Orion, which are part of Hachette, who have now yeah. got offices in Edinburgh. So they, oh, so, oh. you know, so they could do that. <laughs> so they're ours, ours. Yeah. Because as well as well as that, they also did another Scottish-related book, Hungry Beat. Yes, I've not read that yet, and I and I really I th- see there, there's see cheapskate me. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to wait until it comes out of paperback. <laughs> Scottish independent pop underground movement, 77 to 84. So just kind of at the when I was starting to get into music, certainly as Tech Camera, who 
as a boy from Cambus Lang, he was just up the road in East Kilbride, so it was the Jesus and Mary chain, it's kind of blew my mind. And uh, yeah, Douglas McIntyre, Grant McPhee and journalist Neil Cooper have uh, written this book and it's, wow, it's thorough. They interview every. What's really interesting about it <clears throat> is like it's the film Rashomon or uh, Jackie Brown. So you get all these different perspectives on the same thing, you know, and so there's no absolute truth. Because someone will say, oh, Alan Horn did this. And then say, well, Alan Horn wasn't even there. And, you know, you get, because there's so many points of view in it. Another terrific book. And as you say. And is it written like that? Is it written like, yeah, like, all, like, like oral history? You know, how it came about was Grant McPhee is a terrific filmmaker. He's made a couple of movies, one Sounds from Scotland and one Teenage Superstars, all about this period of Scottish music. And... Or and he, uh, that, it's not the same as Big Gold Dream, is it? Oh, no. Big Gold Dream. He's, he's done. I think he's done that one as well. Now I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, so he did hours and hours of interviews for that for those films, and he had loads left over. So that forms the basis of this book. So it's really just, and there's some research as well. You know, people who are no longer around were at the time and all that sort of stuff. But mainly it's um, a brand new kind of interviews with those who are there and now remember just how, I mean, it was a time when Scottish music really made a dent globally. You know, there were, the pastels were a huge influence on Nirvana and, you know, Vaseline's were as well. And this was the time that we're all going to the same pubs and, you know, hanging out in the same flats in the West End or whatever, or hanging about in Coke Bridge for some of them. It's um, it's a it's a. I was particularly interested because it's kind of my time getting into music. But again, I think it'll have wider interest than that. And there's a forward by music lover Ian Rankin as well. Because because a lot of it is about fast product as well. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's the label I didn't really know about. I knew yeah. postcard postcards been told the story's been told a few times, but fast product hasn't so much. So you get. Davy Henderson and the fire engines and a uh, oh no, I'm forgetting uh, and then later when uh, and all of those bands that were kind of kicking and Tam Dean Burns band that he was in you know that gets mentioned and all of this stuff so it's a real it, for me it was great because it was stuff I didn't know particularly the fast product stuff and how influential they then were on factory records and zoo records and kitchenware in Newcastle and stuff like that. No, I, I'm definitely going to get a copy when it comes out in paperback. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been talking for a, a long time. I've still got some music books to mention, but have you got anything you'd like to chat about? Uh, well, I can talk a, a couple of music books. They're not particularly Scottish. In fact, I didn't read as many music books as I normally do this year, which I'm totally going to rectify <laughs> next year. Um, so, this, so this is an ongoing Pro uh, project for me. I got this book last Christmas, and it's a it's a re-release of a book that was maybe uh, published in the nineties. It's called Shebop, yeah, and it's the history of women in music. And uh, I'm reading it really, really slowly. <laughs> I think I'm only on, I'm only on the third chapter. I think <laughs> because what I do is I read the chapter and then I go through the chapter and listen to everything that's talked about in the chapter. So that's why I'm reading it slowly because it's taken me out ages to get through all the music as well. 
Is but it the kind of thing where you go down a YouTube rabbit hole and you think, oh, listen to that? Yeah. I mean, that's the, see, you know, we bemoan Spotify and I totally get it, but that's the kind of, this is the, that's the kind of project where Spotify comes on it in its own because, you know, if I was to buy every single thing that's mentioned in this book, well, I'd, I'd be living in Mercedes or something, but um, yeah, so, so I think, I, I suspect I'll be reading this book for a couple of years if I'm, if, if I'm going at the pace that I'm going. <laughs> And the other one, which I suspect you'll probably have in your pile as well, is this one. Well, yeah, Judy I wasn't going to mention that, but I guess, as you say, White Rabbit are... Uh, but it's White Rabbit, isn't it? It is White Rabbit. Uh, um, well, I will grab my copy because it's right here. Absolutely one of my books of the year. It's, it's yeah. Sound of Being Human by Jude Rogers. Yeah. And, oh... God, it just, it, it's a mix yeah. of music memoir, personal memoir, and kind of those books like David Burns, What Is Music, that kind of looks at the technical reasons or the emotional yeah. reasons that we fall in love with music when we do. Oh, it's, but it's so well written. I loved it as a, as a journalist. I used to, when, especially when she wrote for the Word magazine, and this was great. I know, I kind of felt weirdly for for a, like the sort of half of it where she's talking about her childhood and all that kind of thing. I felt like I was Jude Rogers. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. Because <laughs> her frames of reference are so the same as mine. Like, you know, I wonder like the 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 influence of smash hits. Yeah. On people, like. The like sort of Venn diagram, or Absolutely. or you know, it was an amazing magazine, and you know, it the was, yeah, like, I like it. Not only, I don't like the thing is, I don't, not only did it influence people into the music that they kind of like, but I also think it infected our language and like our tone of voice when we write about stuff. Like, there's, there's just, there's such a far reaching influence from Smash Hits magazine. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, you you just feel that you could be pals with Jude Rogers, don't you? She's yeah. got that kind of welcoming way of bringing you in and telling you things, and you go, "Oh, you're right." I know, and particularly, you know, especially you know, I'm a massive Beatles fan, and the first chapter where she's talking about pipes of peace, and and uh, or was that? Yes, there's a chapter about her talking about pipes of peace. Well, is or it's. I mean, she does talk about talk about pipes of peace. I've 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 told, or maybe she wrote another thing that was in the in the in the in the media, like she did a special bit about pipes of peace. Does it not get mentioned? But I don't think it's one of the chap one of the tracks. As the yeah yeah, I think it's there's a bit about pipes of peace in here, and and I totally recognise it. And the and the the Prince Charming chapter as well, the Buffalo Stance chapter, like like Absolutely. it's just me, it's me. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> but that's the thing. She's picked these tracks, as our chapters are called, and it's obviously very personal to her, but it's absolutely relatable. I mean, I think it's incredibly cleverly chosen, but I guess it's yeah. probably not. It probably just is the stuff that's... Uh, and I remember seeing Nana Cherry on Top of the Pops and hearing Buffalo Stance and going, wow, who is that? Yeah, with her bum bag and her cycling oh, shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, even the... Um, Final one, I Troll the Mega Hertz, which was Paddy McAloon kind of solo album. Uh, and it's it's about a 15 to 20 minute long piece of music. It just means the world to me because I got this and just played it and everything about it. And to hear someone else explain that in the same way, yeah. it's, it's really special. 
Yeah, it's another book that I cried while I was reading. <laughs> well, what what a, what a heartbreaking opening! Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like well, that 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 thing about like listening to the charts on a Sunday, watching Top of the Pops on a Thursday, like th those these were like tons. <laughs> when life was good, <laughs> yeah. we all knew where we were. When we could travel cake on a Sunday. <laughs> oh dear. No, let's not go. Well, yeah, the next book I want to talk about does exactly that because it's Graham Thompson's Themes for Great Cities. Yes. Uh, a new history of Simple Minds. I was a massive Simple Minds fan. One of the first bands I ever saw live. Um, I've seen them live a few times. And it was these early years that when they were at their most interesting, you know, when they, they made like a huge amount of albums over a really short number of years that were absolutely incredibly powerful and it went on to influence, you know, so many other bands. Um, and Graham just really knows his stuff. He really gets, you know, he's a proper music journalist who does all the research and speaks to all the right people. Um, although, unfortunately, not, if I remember rightly, he doesn't get to speak to uh, the drummer, whose name slips my mind, who always was introduced as the best young drummer in the world. Uh, but, but he doesn't get, but everyone else, he, Mel Gaynor, incredible drummer, um, but everyone else he's spoken to and from the early, the guys who kind of fell out the band early on. And yeah, it's a terrific read, an absolute terrific read. Yeah, see, I, I'm not familiar, I'm, I was especially not familiar with the early stuff. Like, yeah, yeah like I kind of know them from their sort of Pompey Stadium. Yeah. And I know, and that's a bit of a shame because I think for a lot of people, they go, it's a bit like you too. They go, oh man, it's too big, it's too much. But if you go and listen to both bands, really early stuff, it's really interesting, particularly Simple Minds, who are just, electronically you know because he did a wee playlist for for books from scotland right. and the ones that i listened to there i was like oh this is yeah i wasn't expecting that and yeah. and yeah yeah if you don't know early simple minds particularly the new gold dream album i would say go back and check it out because it's up uplifting music okay well, that's, that's, your, that's your homework for today um <laughs> Do you have any other music books before I mention? No, as I say, I didn't read as, my, as many music. Though I will say that um, I've been saving the what, what um, it's in my bedroom, but um, I'm saving it for the Christmas holiday so I can properly luxury in it. It's not that one, but okay. that's in my pile over there to to right. be read as well. Um, it's uh, Bob Stanley's "Let's oh, Do yes. It." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sort of the prehistory of pop. <laughs> so that's going to be my uh, Christmas holiday project. Well, there was two more I want. Oh, no, there's not. There's a pile here. Oh, God. There's three oh, more. Hey, America. Hey, America <laughs> by the great Stuart Cosgrove. And yes. once again, proving that nobody's writing about American culture and music and politics that as, as Stuart does. Now, I know this was his PhD, wasn't it? That's It was kind of his background. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's done his Detroit and, uh, you know, all that kind of series of books and a, this really goes in deep into the, as he says, the untold story of black music, the epic story of black music and the White House, and it's quite astonishing. It's kind of draw drop, dropping in places when you you get to see the kind of relationships and the the way a lot of black musicians were used and then thrown away by various people in the White House and in general kind of society as well. 
Yeah, the relationship between music and politics is a funny one. Like, it, it kind of makes me laugh every so often. You just see, like, musicians on Twitter saying, Donald Trump would, did not get permission to use this song, or Boris Johnson did not get permission. And you're just like, well, nobody wants to be seen with them. I remember when uh, David Cameron said that he was a big Smiths fan, <laughs> and uh, Johnny Marr just went, oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Clearly or not, or you wouldn't have turned out the way you have. <laughs> um, but yeah, Stuart's always worth reading, and that's another terrific uh, book. A wee book I wanted to talk about, which I really enjoyed by Polygon, Edinburgh's oh, Great yes. Place. I would really like them to do this for other Scottish cities. I hope they do. I think, because well, I think that was the plan, because, I mean, this was in the works when I still worked there. So I, the pande I think the pandemic sort of delayed things a bit. I think like, so. I think there will be, though maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I've, <laughs> I might be wrong. Things might have, have probably changed since I was there. So, but, but the, yeah, it's a really fascinating and great uh, look at Edinburgh's music scene. Uh, goes to venues, it goes to bands, it goes to events, um, past and present. Uh, yeah, really, really good read. Um, and I do hope is that what Beatles fans in the on the front cover as well. The Beatles, as you know that picture, don't you? <laughs> My dad will probably be in there somewhere because he went to see the Beatles when they were at, well, it's the old, is it still, <laughs> it's an Odeon now, but it used to be called the Regal back in the day when my dad went to see the Beatles there. <laughs> he yeah, can't I mean, remember it. It gets on my nerves. I'm just like, <laughs> tell me what they sang. I don't again. <laughs> Last uh, music one, very quickly for me, Tim Blanchard's Like Magic in the Streets, which covers a similar period or the same period, really, as Hungry Beat, looking at Orange Juice, Aztec Camera, the go-betweens, the Smiths and the Blue Nile, and kind of uh, that period when, when indie music, before it became huge with Oasis and everything was still kind of, you know, you make your own fanzines and you make your own badges and the, uh, and the music is just beautiful and quirky and weird and, you know, yeah, lovely. So I would, that was really early in the year. Um, like yeah, I've, I've not come across that one. You know, published by Crackle and Hiss, um, who I don't know, I don't know whether it was just for this book, uh, but I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. Oh, I'll have to check that one out too. Do you have any other non-fiction books to that's talk about? me. I think that's me. Right, <laughs> uh, very quickly then, I've got uh, four others that are all very different. Yeah, four others. Oh, yes. Right, and uh, The Social Distance Between Us, How Remote Politics Wrecked Britain. I have actually got that written in my notes. <laughs> it's based on his kind of, not based on, but kind of taken from his Class Wars series, but it goes into things in much more detail. There's a lot of research, a lot of interviews with a, um, scientists and researchers and politicians and all sorts of things. And also some of Darren's own tales from his life. But I was lucky enough to chair him at an event in the uh, Kilmarnock, and he was just fantastic, an absolute dream to chair, and a really, really interesting uh, man. Um, yeah. yeah. I've had, I put this in my sort of, an, um, you know, like a second, you know, follow-up to like a big, big debut. So, yeah, like there's yeah, a no, lot absolutely. of... Yeah, Poverty Safari was such a huge hit, um, and I hope this, you know, follows up because um, he's one of the most kind of important commentators and writers in in UK, I think. 
Um, oh, I would agree. Fascinating, yeah. fascinating. The stuff about education in particular just makes it's going to make your hair turn grey. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, it really does. Well, you can't see because I've got my fake blonde over this. <laughs> I wanted to mention because I wanted to give them a big thumbs up for everything that they do. Bella Caledonia's anthology of writing from 2007 to 2021. It's a great this book. Year. Oh, she don't you start me. Sorry. Yes, it is this year. <laughs> and because uh, we did a podcast with uh, we did a podcast with Mike and uh, we did a podcast with, uh, with Neil Cooper and a couple of other people who I have forgotten. So I'm going to have to uh, find out exactly who that is when you're talking. But um, it's a great anthology for what they work. And Bella Caledonian do such a power of great work and writing and writing about stuff that other people just won't. And I think in a very balanced way, you know, other people might say no, but I think <laughs> it's balanced and it looks at all sides of things. And that comes across in the anthology. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a news, it's okay. It's like a newsletter that you should just, uh, you Everyone get delivered in your in your inbox every day and you're, and you're thankful for it. <laughs> I want to talk about the next one. Grant McPhee did do Big Gold Dream. All right, okay. Superstar, so that's right. Uh, now, here's one that maybe some people wouldn't expect, but I'm going to mention it. It's Gary McLean's Scottish Kitchen. I think that's an absolutely fair enough thing to, to, to mention. Now, some people might not know, but I used to be a chef, so I love my cookbooks. And this is one of the best I've read in ages. It's so Scottish. It's fantastic. It's got square My sister Scots. got a copy of it because oh, she yeah. wants to learn all the Scottish stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good. there you go. Recipe for long sausage. You can get that <laughs> many other places. For morning rolls, for all sorts of things. A glava souffle, the fourth for Brady. A glava souffle, interesting. Um, yeah, it's a terrific book. And I spoke again, spoke to Gary for the podcast. And what a lovely man he is. And uh, yeah. No, Black and White do a really good, um, they have a really good cookery book list. Because oh, not well, only have they done well, that, the 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 Gary Gary McLean that's Gary right McLean. um they've had the for the last two years they've been publishing the Hebridean Baker books as well have you heard of the Hebridean Baker I saw them on the telly they must have been on our program yeah 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 he's like, huge, like kind of TikTok and Instagram sensation yeah 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 but his books are beautiful and and, and they're, they're probably quite similar in the fact that they they concentrate on uh Scottish recipes and sort of more traditional recipes um, no, there's a good cookery, like uh, Kitchen Press as well. They're a tiny Kitchen publisher Spoke for based in Dundee, and uh, they do brilliant books and really well produced because it's expensive to do cookery books yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah, to get the photography and to get everything. Yeah. Well, I would say if you have a foodie in your life and you're looking for a Christmas present, that is the perfect book for them. He won MasterChef Professionals, in case you didn't know. That's how good he I is. Do, I, I don't think I've watched that series. I come and go with MasterChef, so I've not seen every series. I'm a, a devotee. <laughs> now, finally, Ooh. I wanted to talk about Alan Reich's Scottish literature and introduction, because if you don't know your Scottish literature, wow, this is, I mean, it's a huge undertaking, but this is the perfect place to start. Um, Alan was my professor at uni so I know him pretty well um, but he really does know his stuff uh, and I knew that anyway um, yeah there's stuff in here that I didn't know um, so it's great to kind of even if you think you know what your, your Scottish literature 
this will change your mind and it'll know you more. And it does cover key uh, works in Scots and Gaelic as well, which, you know, sometimes wasn't done in, in kind of previous Scotland anthologies. I've got that on my bedside table. And I, I think I've been saying this a, a lot today, but it's, go it's going to be a project of <laughs> where maybe like I'll, I'll uh, do like a chapter a week or a month or something like that and immerse myself in it. I was wondering if you would like to talk about the state of publishing. I, now, because back in, again, for the, the book festival again this year, as we did last year, we collaborated on a podcast. This time we spoke to 404 Inc., Hunt Publishing, Saraband, Arcbound, Kranachan, Knight Errant, Charco, who we've spoken about, and BHP Comics. It was a fantastic, you know, breadth and width of what's happening in Scottish publishing. It was great. But some of them, I have to admit, were wary of the future. You know, there wasn't, it wasn't all, this is going great guns. There was a bit of uh, kind of caution there. Is that fair to say? It's, I think, yeah, this has been a, quite a challenging year. Um, I mean, I don't think that will be a surprise to anybody because we've all been seeing the headlines about other arts um, sectors as well, you know, with the Film House and the Film Festival. and Absolutely, Film House, that's heartbreaking, yeah. I know, but the, I, well, I saw yesterday that there might be a, repri a reprieve there, so we'll see. But it's similar, it's similar with publishing, and um, I think we're really starting to see the um, consequences of the COVID hit, particularly for independent publishers, because, you know, there was a as the pandemic was going on, like sort of maybe 2020, 2021, the media was full of stories about how books were holding their own. They were doing great guns and, you know, like, hey, the book. And that's true. Like the, the sales for books in 2020 and 2021 were massive. But there's been such a contraction in the long tail. So before the pandemic, you, you really saw that, you know, there wasn't, you know like big book publishing it would still happen but it it wasn't just about the big books it was there was always like a real strength and depth and like there would always be like surprises and, and stuff like that and like you know emerging things would come through and that's been less of the case during the pandemic the independents in particular have found it really quite hard yeah. to gain as much traction um, during the pandemic, you know, I mean, because book, you, you, there's just, there's a lot more, more conservative choices, safe choices, because, you know, everybody was just worried about losing money. So it's understandable, but it's a real shame. So the, the independents have been working really hard and not always seeing the benefit of that hard work. And it's really starting to bite now. That said, that doesn't mean that there's not been like brilliant successes yeah. and 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 new authors coming through because I mean I mean we've just spoken about a whole bunch like loads of new authors coming through and and just um, spent well over three hours I think you know some publishers have really come through it I mean Canongate for example are absolutely just smashing it sales wise at the moment um and you know their Scottish books are like contributing to that, like the Dark Remains, the Mathilvani and the Rankin book has has been doing great guns, and um, uh, and I know that other there's other publishers that are that are members of Publishing Scotland who have been doing really well despite 
you know the 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 heart the the hard sort of um landscape that we're in but I, we, I didn't really notice this year because it was the year of Scotland stories yeah. so we were collaborating a lot more with festivals this yeah. year and from the very beginning of the year we were kind of like oh the festival attendances seem to have gone down. they're they're not coming back yet even yeah. though the pandemic seems to be as over as it could be if you know what I mean yeah 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 um, and you kind of want, and as the year kept going, you were kind of like, oh, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that festival and it'll have changed by then. It'll have changed by then. But actually it doesn't, it just seems that the events have really suffered, which for independent publishers is the, the place where they can, they can really perform well in marketing and get to bookshops and festivals and all that kind of thing. And that's not been as, as prominent as, um, as normal, which... You know, and I, I suspect 2023 is going to be tough as well. I think a lot we'll see we'll see a lot less publishing from 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 independents this year as they just sort of corral themselves um, yeah. and 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 just sort of play it safe and 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 sort of ride out what's what's happening at the moment. The only festival that seems to have um, completely just not being affected and did great guns and we're at like 2019 levels was bloody scotland bloody scotland did really really well and um oh what's it uh the blair gowrie bookmark in blair gowrie they did they, they had a cracking weekend as well where it was like full houses as well so it's not as if every single festival did really really badly there was um there was really like you know big standouts so you know it's not unsalvageable it's not it's it, I like I think caution yeah. and and hard work is what is 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 um, going to be a, a, a key thing in um, 2023 just because it's it is it's really tough and there was other things this year that didn't help you know there was um real there was real supply chain issues <laughs> this year which is you know the most boring phrase you've ever heard in books, but, <laughs> no, but it happened with music as well. People who are yeah. wanting to get their albums onto vinyl were facing months and months of waits to kind of do these things. So the yeah. cost of printing has skyrocketed. The you know Brexit really hasn't helped. <laughs> so many people are just not. They can't even sell their books into Europe anymore in this in the way that they, they could because the it just costs too much. Okay, it's just there's a lot of things to struggle uh, things that sort of bring struggle but we endure and succeed <laughs> onwards and upwards uh, yeah. as um, always says um, it's, it's good to hear that crime fiction lovers are hardcore they're <laughs> going out no matter what that's, that's, it's like I'm going to that festival well it just just because bloody Scotland bloody watch me <laughs> <laughs> so which is it? Which was interesting. It's like that's that's got a a specific community, and the Bookmark Festival is really rooted in its community as well. I one I wonder. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's something in that, like a specific community building. Course, Edinburgh moved homes this year. Well, no, it was it's it was a 2021 was its first year 
Oh, at the art been, college, yeah. Uh huh. So this was their second year. It's a temporary, like yeah, the, they've uh, got they're they're going to the the rebuilding that's happening at the quarter mile where the the old Royal Infirmary was. That's going to be their permanent home right. in twenty twenty five. I think it is twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. Um. So, so um. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. But a couple more years at the ECA, and then we're not going to be doom and gloom because no. Some publishers did seem to have a really, you know, I thought Polygon seemed to have a, a really incredible year, you know, real breadth and width of, of stuff that they published. We spoke about Taproot and some of the books that they had out. Um, they also did, which I wanted to mention, I thought I wouldn't mention the fiction, but we'll mention it now, is they published All the Way Home anthology for the uh, 30 years off the Rock Trust. Uh, which was a um, homeless uh, charity. Uh, and it's a great uh, collection of poetry and prose. Really, really good read. Um, I think you can still get it. I'm sure you can. And 50, yeah, mm -hmm. 50 <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear every day from Patrick, what, like, what's your stock levels like? <laughs> well, there you go. Tell him. It's, it's, a, it's a terrific uh, read and for a really, really good cause. Um, Leamington Press, as we mentioned again, uh, they kind of helped with the Bella Caledonia book and Polaris and all these things. Are there other published, oh, Charcoal, who we've mentioned, you know, they're kind of really getting into um, translation. And I think they're having a um, non-translated, a kind of... English yeah, they're book. doing um, English language first books, yeah. but they have translation as its theme, so... Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's not like they're just doing English language fiction, but it's still rooted in in uh, what they do. A Saraband and the Contraband, uh, Imprint <laughs> Saraband had a cracking year. Um, the, and four or four ink, I think you know. Uh, well, they're inklings. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Um, books. I just remembered they're doing something called Novella Express. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're. They're, do, they're 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 doing you can buy them individually you can buy the 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 each individual novella as a standalone but you can also buy them in this package where it's got three in one and they're going to do a few of them throughout the year so the first one's just about released or has just been released or it's coming imminently i think um and it's just a mixture of genres different types of writing and um, it's fascinating yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to 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 seeing those. Before we end this thing that we do, let's talk a little bit about some books which are coming out in 2023. Do you have any that you're really excited about? Yeah, um, I think Angry Women are still going <laughs> to are still going to feature. Um, or Ang yeah. Angry Ladies, as you said at one point earlier, which I thought was. Did I say Angry Ladies? That's funny. <laughs> Um, funnily enough, you were talking about the Olga Vojtas, Vojtas yeah. book um, uh, about Macbeth, and there's a couple of books coming out that also have Macbeth uh, as an inspiration. So the first one is called Lady Macbethad, and yeah. it's a Swedish writer who is sort of doing a retelling of the Lady Macbeth story um, as a novel. And also, I just read today, because... Um, you know Eleanor Catton, who won the Booker with the Luminaries? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I loved the Luminaries. Yeah, I remember you um, talking about it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, her next book is called Burnham Wood, 
and it's 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 uses Macbeth as its um, inspiration. Um, uh, and so so I'm I'm looking forward to those two. And then there's one coming out in January. Oh, wait a minute. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, right. the title, the it's a long title, so I want to get it right, but it's it's by Victoria Mackenzie. I've got a proof mm -hmm. here, and it's called For Thy Great Pain, Have Mercy on My Little Pain. And it's um, a fictionalised account of the lives of Marjorie Kemp and, and Julian of Norwich. Right. So I'm wondering if the theme for next year is historical ladies. <laughs> ladies. <laughs> Um, and rage and uh, retelling of, of women from history who uh, went through it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, well, one I have been sent through, which I haven't started yet, but I'm looking forward to it, is Alison Shaw's Ashes and Stones, A Scottish Journey in Search of Witches and Witness. So that would be an interesting one to to read. Looking forward to that. Which has been a a a, a yes, very a big theme over the last maybe the last year or so. So it's so it's interesting that it'll carry on into next year. Oh, that sounds good. When's that coming? Oh, no, I just know it's nineteenth of January. There you are. Oh God, right? I I should know about that. <laughs> I thought that kind of almost fits into your, the, the angry women that you're talking about because there was a lot of anger, still is, and rightly so, about not just what happened to uh, the people who were killed as witches, who, are, uh, but the reaction still to this day. You know, I know Zoe Venditozzi has, you know, got a podcast, which is in Scotland, and there's, you know, there's still a lot of that kind of thing. So, rightly so, it's not being forgotten. Um, do you have another? Do you have anything? Um, I know that Kathleen Jamie's bringing out a new book next right. year, and Zoe Strachan's bringing out a book next year. Good. Um, Leila Abuela. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's yeah, good. River, River Spirit. That's going to be early in the uh, year because I think I've got a proof winging its way towards me now. So, uh, really looking forward to that. I'm hoping we we'll can interview Leila for Snack Magazine. That'd be great. Um. I'm looking forward to Doug Johnson's science fiction book as oh, well. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Remember we spoke about Pendergast's Fall by David Cameron, which I think yes. was the first into a creative book. It was certainly... Femka. Femka. Femka is coming yeah, out. Now, I've read it. I'm lucky enough to have read it. All right, okay. It was going to come out this year, and then they've hold, held it over to next year. Um, oh, it's a cracking book. It's really interesting. Um, a, the Femka, the central character... And it's the the way that other people react to her that is really the, the kind of centre of the story. And so that's coming out very soon as well. Um, and then George Patterson, who we mentioned earlier on for inspiring mm -hmm. Scots to write about America. His <laughs> next uh, novel, which is Westerwick, should be coming out late summer. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that because uh, the last one was, you know, exceptional. No, but um, yes, yeah, I, I still need to properly get into what's happening next year. <laughs> this year went too fast. Yes, it, <laughs> I'm <absolutely>. not prepared. <laughs> well, Vicky, I think it's good we don't have much else to talk about because we have been going for some time. <laughs> My voice is going uh, and it's only been lubricated by red wine, so I don't know how good that is for it. 
Thank you so much for taking the time. It's always a pleasure, Vicky, to have you on talking books each year. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back soon with another Best of 2022 podcast. So I will see you then. Mm -hmm.